morning, Covenant Network. It's Friday, and you're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. I'm Adam Wright with you for this Friday edition on April 29th. It's our last Roadmap Roundup of April and our last show of April. So I can't think of a better way to end it than with the original Roundup gang. We've got Gabe Jones, Dan Vonderhaar, and Angela Miller with us in the studio today. We've got a lot to talk about on today's Roundup, including some upcoming feasts, such as the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker on Sunday. And so let's get right to the work of prayer here this morning. Today we will pray our morning offering and the litany of St. Joseph. So we pray in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. O Jesus, through the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I offer you my prayers, works, joys, and sufferings of this day for all the intentions of your Sacred Heart in union with the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass throughout the world, in reparation for my sins, for the intentions of all my relatives and friends, and in particular for the intentions of the Holy Father. Amen. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, Christ have, have mercy on us. Lord, have mercy on us. Christ, have mercy on us. Christ, hear us. Christ, Christ graciously hear us. God, the Father of heaven, have, have mercy, mercy on us. God, the Son, Redeemer of the world, have, have mercy on us. God, the Holy Spirit, have, have mercy on us. Holy Trinity, one God, have, have mercy on us. Holy Mary, pray, pray for us. Saint Joseph, pray, pray for us. Renowned offspring of David, pray, pray for us. Light of patriarchs, pray for us. Spouse of the Mother of God, pray, pray for us. Chaste guardian of the Virgin, pray for us. Foster father of the Son of God, pray for us. Diligent protector of Christ, pray, pray for us. Head of the Holy Family, pray for us. Joseph Most Just, pray for us. Joseph Most Chaste, pray for us. Joseph Most Prudent, pray for us. Joseph Most Strong, pray for us. Joseph Most Obedient, pray for us. Joseph Most Faithful, pray for us. Mirror of Patience, pray for us. Lover of Poverty, pray for us. Model of Artisans, pray for us. Glory of Home Life, pray for us. Guardian of Virgins, pray for us. Pillar of Families, pray for us. Solace of the Wretched, pray for us. Hope of the sick. Pray for us. Patron of the dying. Pray for us. Terror of demons. Pray for us. Protector of holy church. Pray for us. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Spare us, O Jesus. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Graciously hear us, O Jesus. Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. Have mercy on us, Jesus. He made him the Lord of his household and and prince prince over all his possessions. Let us pray. O God, in your ineffable providence, you were pleased to choose blessed Joseph to be the spouse of your most holy mother. Grant, we beg you, that we may be worthy to have him for our intercessor in heaven, whom on earth we venerate as our protector, you who live and reign forever and ever. St. Joseph, pray Pray for for us. us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, Gabe, uh, I know St. Joseph's dear to your heart. We're going to talk about that a little bit later on in the show, but I'm looking at these titles of St. Joseph and the Litany, and I'm thinking, I want to aspire to be like St. Joseph. And I, I wonder if there are any of these titles that I even come close to. And unfortunately, I think the closest it gets is, you know, diligent protector of the thermostat. You know, yeah, yeah. That's that's about as close as I get in my house. Or, Light turner offer, you know, energy saver. Yeah, those aren't <laughs> terror of children who didn't put their toys away yeah. and, and left them on the stairs. You know that. Yeah, yeah. That's or on the floor in their bedroom Ooh. when I have to walk through and the lights off. To yeah, step on something. Yeah, I'd like to be more like these titles of Saint Joseph and less like the ones <laughs> right. that are more ascribed to Adam Wright. This Pil- is why there's pillar a- of families. Like, like that's a, that's a great one. Yeah, pillar of family. Yeah, if I could be the pillar of my family. 
be Well, awesome. you're called to be the pillar of your I am family. called to be that. I just, I've got a lot of work to do. All right. Well, we're going to talk about that later. We've got a lot to talk about today. We're going to be talking about evangelization on the Roadmap Roundup this morning. We're going to be talking about apologetics and uh, learning our faith. We're going to be talking about time management, St. Joseph, and, uh, and more. And I'll have to say, the question number six today, if we get to it, because last week we didn't. And I'm kind of wondering how long question number six is going to hang out on the Roadmap Roundup <laughs> outline. That sometimes happens, friends. We are going to take a quick break here to get a check of the weather this morning. So stay tuned. Roadmap to Heaven will be back after this. Today is the Memorial of St. Catherine of Siena, Doctor of the Church. Born in Italy in 1327, she was one of 25 children born to Giacomo and Lapa Benincasa. She had a twin sister who died at birth, and 11 of her siblings also died in childhood. The home she grew up in still exists. When Catherine was five or six, she had her first vision of Jesus. He was seated in glory with Saints Peter, James, and John. By age seven, Catherine had resolved to give her life to the Lord. But when she was 16, she refused to marry her brother-in-law after the death of her sister, which angered her parents. She fell ill and did not recover until her mother finally gave her permission to give her life to the Lord. When Catherine was 18, she joined the Dominicans and spent three years in seclusion and prayer, attracting followers and leading to an apostolate. Then at 21, she had a mystical marriage with Jesus. Catherine wrote many letters providing spiritual direction, but these also included commentary on public affairs, and eventually she was accused of slander, though she was later cleared. She went with the chaplain of the Dominicans to the Pope in Avignon as the ambassador of Florence, which was then at war against the Pope. Her influence with Pope Gregory XI played a role in his decision to leave Avignon for Rome. And then she was sent by the Pope to negotiate peace with Florence. In 1378, there was a great schism with two and then three claiming the chair of St. Peter. Catherine spent the last two years of her life living in Rome, praying and then advocating on behalf of Pope Urban VI and fighting for unity of the church. She offered herself as a victim for the church in its agony and died on this day in 1380 at the age of just 33. In 1939, she and St. Francis of Assisi were made patron saints of Europe, and in 1970, she and St. Teresa of Avila were declared doctors of the church. St. Catherine of Siena, please pray for us. I'm meteorologist Mike Roberts for Covenant Network. Have a blessed day. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven on this Friday morning, April 29th. It's Roadmap Roundup Day. Dan Vonderhart, it's been a while since yes, we've has. had you in the studio, but it's good to have you back, sir. It is good to be here. It's been, yeah, I think it's been about three weeks. I know. It's, did you miss us? I did. I'm bookending the month. All right. Well, here's, here's the one thing I know. While you were away... You were very busy out at Ascension Parish. You guys had another program for evangelization, the 99. I heard it was quite successful, but we'll see. You know, the, the fruit of it will be borne by people going out and evangelizing. And, um, you know, we were talking about that here the other day in our studio. If, if you've ever been to the Covenant Network Studios above what uh, what is the studio talk room, we have a big sign on the wall that says, Evangelize, all capital letters. You know, that is the mission, Evangelize. And... 
okay, let's do that. But how? Sometimes that can be a very intimidating thing for Catholics. It's not just a call for us on the radio. It's a call for everyone. So I have to ask, Dan, is there a simple, practical guide to evangelization? Simple, practical guide. So uh, the answer is yes, actually, there there is. Um, the first thing, you said simple. Um, yes, it's simple, but we should not confuse simple with easy. Simple doesn't mean easy. So uh, a practical guide, guide with a capital G or a capital J, you know, the guide is Jesus. So I think the first first component of evangelization is to realize that God just doesn't want to inform us. He wants to use us. So the place to start with evangelizing is know Jesus, right? Mm-hmm. That, that's the place to start. Get to know Jesus. And when I share that with people, it sounds great, right? Okay, yeah, I wanna, I, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to grow in Jesus. But the, the feedback you'll get is, yeah, but I just don't know enough. Well, I get that, right? The truth is we're never going to feel like we know enough to evangelize. And this is the big myth. This is a big myth of evangelization. Well, I can't evangelize because I just don't know my, my faith well enough. Um, that's not what we're called to, right? We're, we're called to evangelize. People will listen to witnesses before teachers, and they'll listen to teachers when they're witnesses, right? That's, that's Paul VI, right? You know, our Pope Paul VI saying that. So, um, so step number one is you can't give away what you don't have. So, you know, get to know Jesus. It's not just about, about knowing him. It's about knowing him at a personal level. And then, you know, realize that um, there's never a time that you're going to feel like you know enough. So if you're looking for a default on the practical side, the practical side is imitate Jesus. You know, if we think about the life of Jesus, Gabe, um, how long was Christ's ministry? Three years. And how long did he live? 33. 33. So, so 30, 30 thirds of his life was just spent hanging out, right? Doing things, being with people, right? So, you know, step number one in that is that is the way to evangelize, right? Through friendship, through companionship, right? Through the, the 30, 30 thirds, yeah. you know, and the rest will come. The rest will come. I think you just did the catechist question in advance. And oh, did I? No, you just brought your own. And you're doing math this morning. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm glad I have my coffee in advance today. Yeah, that was, you kind of put me on the spot there. I, I did. I did. I did. I, I see a bead of sweat so, just breaking yeah. from the brow. Let's, going back to the practical on this then, you know, if, if, if someone says, well, how do I know Jesus? I mean, I go to Mass, and I, and I pray, and I do these things. Is that all I have to do? You know, if someone says, how do I know Jesus? What's one practical thing they can do to look for where Jesus is in their life? Good question. So, um, you know, know Christ through prayer, through sacraments, and through Scripture— but the essence of that, how do I know, um, is when we're leading a joyful life, right? When people look and go, man, I kind of want what that guy's got carrying around, right? That, that's the, the fruit of, of knowing Christ. What, how important would you say, like, having a story is 
to evangelization because I feel like when I've heard evangelization a lot, I've heard about like, okay, have have a story and and tell that story about your relationship with Jesus. Well, um, no doubt stories, witness, testimony are are important in evangelization. Um, It's important to know when to tell them. Right. So that so step number one is is listen and then listen and then listen and then ask questions about what you listened to. And when the Holy Spirit speaks, and you'll hear it, you'll know, you'll hear that tug in your gut, um, then share your story of how Jesus has moved in your life. And that's the, that's the fun part of evangelizing. Because when, and that's, and that's really the connecting point between, gosh, I just don't know enough about my faith, and how do I evangelize? It's that, it's that story. Because no one's gonna say to you, you know that story about how Christ moved in your life, that's just not true. Well, well, it is true because it's your experience. So end of the day, you know, we talk about the, the exam in midday and end of the day. Very important then to look, all right, in my day today, where was Jesus working in my life? Where can I actually see grace affecting what I was doing and offering thanks for that? I couldn't agree more. And then when that moment strikes, when you're in the right spot at the right time and with humble boldness, you can share that. All right. There you go. Practical evangelization right there. We're going to talk more about what it means to evangelize when we come back from this break. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. We are back. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven, the Roadmap Roundup on this Friday morning. Angela Miller. Yes. We're talking about evangelization and the, the big mission. You know, part of the reason we're talking about this, by the way, friends, is on Sunday, not only are we celebrating the Feast of St. Joseph the Worker. I should have mentioned this at the top of the show. It's a big deal. We're also you, celebrating you the 25th. I mentioned St. Joseph. I didn't mention this. We're celebrating the 25th anniversary of the first broadcast of Covenant Network. Woo-hoo. The station launched 25 years ago, May 1st. Uh, Teresa Holman prayed a litany to St. Joseph and prayers to St. Joseph the Worker as the first broadcast. And then uh, the second broadcast was just great Catholic programming that's been going on for 25 years ever since. And here we are, you know. Are. Um, but that mission to evangelize, you have to know Jesus. And Dan was covering more of the personal aspect of this, like looking at your life and saying, where is Jesus working in my life how can i recognize where god is working um but then we also do have to know our faith because we don't want to be out there and have uh the resident curmudgeon which is usually me outside of faith matters in in everything else i'm the resident curmudgeon i don't know why you catholics believe that that's a, a whole load of poppycock you know um and to say well hold on hold on i think you're misunderstanding what catholics actually believe but it may have been 5, 10, 20, 25, 30 years or more since we looked at a quote-unquote religion textbook and we say, all right, I need to know my faith. I need to get back to basics. Um, I think I learned the word for that is kerygma, you know, what's at the core. But where do we start? I mean, if I just picked up the catechism with no help, I'd look, take one look and say, all right, close that book, moving on. Where do we start, Angela? Yeah, you know, when we're talking about evangelization and our story, my story kind of began by um, a deep dive into apologetics when I was 
15. <laughs> um, so what happened was that a, I went to a public high school and um, there was a good friend of mine who uh, was a Baptist and was starting to challenge a lot of the like the teachings of the Catholic Church because he had heard about these evil Catholics, you know, and um, he was saying, well, well, you believe this and this and this. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I do. But I don't actually know why. Um, so I, I mean, was very blessed to live in an age of the internet when I was in my teens that maybe not everyone had, but, um, yeah, where to begin, um, I would say is, is to question. Um, I'm going to be leading a talk with a bunch of teen girls at Epiphany next week, and I'm going to go through the creed with them. Do you believe in God? Do you believe in God? Do you actually believe in God? How do you know that God exists. So, you know, some of those questions can lead you um, into a better understanding of the church. And guess what? The church has every answer. We've got thousands of years of teaching that allows us to get to those answers. So um, whether it's the early church fathers who have gone through this, if you really want to dive into those readings or if you have a particular question, you can go by section into the catechism and answer those questions. But also scripture totally has the answer like i'm thinking of when i taught um seventh graders about the fact that jesus is truly present in the eucharist well the the our gospel of john has the realest answer for how we know jesus is truly present in the eucharist because he says so in john 6 or another hot button issue with when we're sharing our faith is, well, well, why Mary? Like the, why that, why the hail Mary, the hail Mary full of grace is literally in Luke one. So our scriptures give us the answers too. So Angela, what do you do when you get asked a tough question? I mean, there's a lot of hard topics out there, Yeah, you know, and you honestly, you don't know. I mean, mm-hmm. you, you don't feel prepared. I mean, how, how, how does a, you know, a Catholic respond to that. Yeah. Well, I, I'll tell you what I actually do. I'll say, I don't know the answer to that, but I trust the church has the answer. So let me go look it up and get back to you. <laughs> yeah. Gabe, that, that reminds me of when I took my insurance licensure exam, something you've, you've done yeah. that my, uh, my boss said, Adam, the test is to prove that you know where to go in the book to look up the answer. You <laughs> right. don't have you to don't have, have to everything it. at the, the front of your mind. It's like that with our faith too, that we, we just need to know where to go to right. look it up. Right. Uh, one question, it's kind of a softball question. Here. Yeah. When you talk about apologetics, I think people have a little bit of a, there's a misnomer about sure. what apologetics is. Is apologetics arguing? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, is it? Is apologetics about arguing with somebody? Uh, yes and no. I think that you have to know your faith first, um, but then it, it is it is evangelizing. It's sharing your faith. It's being able to proclaim what's true. Yeah. I just think a lot of people hear it and they think, oh, well, uh, apologetics is just like those people who stand on the street corner and like yell, blah, 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 you know, the end is near. Where, like that, that, sometimes I think people think apologetics is that kind of stuff. Sure, sure. And yeah. not the, that interaction and the, the face-to-face and the, the, the communication. Yes, the real evangelization. Yeah. You um, know, a, a friend of ours recently, and by recently, I mean like four or five years ago, but I think of this all the time when I hear, oh, so-and-so's defending their masses or their master's thesis or their doctoral dissertation, whatever it may be, um, that I always want to go out and get them nerf darts and, and then a shield and, and, and we're all going to, we'll come to your defense 
and and we're gonna we're gonna sh- shoot nerf darts at you, and you have to defend yourself. But I mean, really, at, at its core, that's apologetics is knowing our faith so that in the public square we can defend it. When someone says, "Oh, the the teaching on the incarnation is all wrong," you know, Jesus was just a a special guy; he wasn't divine. Eh, wrong, and here's why: we have to be able to defend that. And I think that another thing too is if we're gonna start. In apologetics, we can't just wait for questions to come at us. I think we really need to be investing in our faith daily, whether that's reading the scripture or reading the lives of the saints and their and their stories and their um, their teachings. So. All right. Well, here's the deal, friends. Um, in celebration, I, I would say in celebration of it being the 25th anniversary of Covenant Network, but it, it would also be in celebration of the fact that it's Friday or in celebration of the fact that it's 7.24 a.m. or in celebration of the fact that you called. But a great resource for starting out with knowing our faith is this wonderful book by Frank Sheed called Theology for Beginners. And I just want to reiterate, we say this when we say catechism things and cate- when we ask our catechist questions. If you call the station and say, I want to start, can I get a copy of Theology for Beginners? We'll send you one. You know, but I'm going to make you do the homework of looking up our phone number. You got to do that. Oh. You you don't have to know everything about the faith, but you have to look up our phone number, Covenant Network, ourcatholicradio.org. And you know what I discovered? Because I, I have a car now with like a, a screen in it. You know, it's all fancy. You know, it's actually an old car, but it's new for me. And when you pull up Covenant Network on the radio, on the little screen, it has the phone number right wow. there. But do do me a favor. Don't call right now because I can't answer the phone. We're on the air right now, and, and that's not how it's going to work. So we're going to take a break here on the Roadmap Roundup. When we come back, we're going to get into some daily living challenges we face with Gabe Jones. Not that living with Gabe Jones is a daily challenge. Well, my wife might have something to say about that. But, but, you know, some of the challenges we all face. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven here on Covenant Network. We'll be back after this. We are back. You are listening to Roadmap to Heaven this morning, and here's our here's our catequiz. Well, no, I'm gonna. You know what? I'm gonna hold off on the catequiz question. Oh, I'm gonna hold off because I didn't practice good time management this morning. I don't. I have it ready, <laughs> but I don't have it right in front of me, and this is poor time management. And Gabe, this is something that That's you and I often. <laughs> Yeah, that was a segue. This is something you and I talk about all the time. Um, that you know, we we have our ebbs and flows with doing well with time management and not doing well. And the other day, we were both lamenting how yeah, that's been kind of a struggle lately. And I'm thinking about how oh, if I want to go study my faith so that I can evangelize with apologetics, um, or if I want to take the time for prayer so that I can see where Jesus and and God and the Holy Spirit, God the Father and the Holy Spirit, are working in my life. I need to practice good time management. So how do we do that? What What is the key to good time management? Uh, I came here to ask you guys that. <laughs> <laughs> no, the uh, reverse round the reverse, up today. Yeah, the reverse round. Uh, so one is, I think, you know, first step with anything is <clears throat> recognizing where that flaw is or that failure is to, to practice whatever virtue it might be. In this case, you know, good time management. Uh, I know I have personally brought to confession, you know, like acedia. I, I think sometimes we think, oh, well, I just, I just, you know, I, I just need to be more productive or whatever. But sometimes if you really get into it, like it's acedia. Like, and what is acedia? Well, acedia is not, uh, well, people have different conceptions and, and like think, oh, it's some mysterious thing. 
Ascedia is just putting off the things that you ought to be doing, the things that are natural to your vocation or your state in life, you know, maybe, you know, being a husband, father, whatever it is that you're supposed to be doing, or as a Christian, you know, as a Catholic, doing the things I'm supposed to be doing as a Catholic, you know, praying or whatever, putting those off for other like frivolous activities, you know, and in, in like a deliberate way, right? Like, oh, well, I should say my prayers this morning, but I'm not going to say my prayers because I'm going to do whatever, you know? Uh, so I, I think there's a close link between acedia and time management. And for me, uh, I've been noticing like, you know, it's very easy to do things like to give us an out to say, oh, well, you know what? I've been working really hard and, and it's, I don't need to do that extra thing because it's going to take more brain power. My, my brain's tired and I, I just need to shut down a little bit. I need to have that fun thing I'm going to do. And not even necessarily on your phone, right? It's not just scrolling through social media. It's maybe you want to go hang out with some guys on a, you know, a night, you know, and just sit around the campfire or whatever. But is that the best use of your time? Sometimes it is. Sometimes you really do need to be in a community with other men or other, other ladies or whatever. You need to have that time with friends. But there are times where, you know what, you need to just get down to business and do what you need to do. So, if, so Gabe, I have a question. So if you're in, um, if you're out of the cycle, for, you know, you're in um, this cycle of, of not managing your time well, how do you get back into the cycle you want to be in? That's the million dollar question, right? And, and I think it starts with the little things. So, you know, for me, frankly, I, I'm not a morning person and I, I don't have like a, you know, okay, I'm going to get up at this time, that kind of thing. Um, but on those days where I do have a little bit more of a direction, like I know, okay, I have to be here by this time and here by this time, here by this time. Now I have to kind of reverse engineer my day and that's crucial, right? Because now I know, okay, if I'm going to get a rosary in, when am I going to get that rosary in? When am I going to say my morning prayers? Okay, so how am I going to then do this that I need to do with the family? You know, so on and so forth. So it's having, I think you have to, if you're in that rut, go back reverse engineer your day and figure out what's the purpose. Like, where am I trying to get to? What's the, what are the things I have to oh, get I, done? I like that. Almost a to-do list. Yeah. I mean, I like really that. it's almost as simple as a to-do list. Right, what about, what about if you're like beating yourself up a little bit, you know, you, you know, and that's keeping you from the reverse engineering. I mean, how do we, how do we think, get out of that? I think we're doing some therapy with Gabe this morning. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah so, um, that, that's, that's again, one of the, one of these crucial questions, right? Is, uh, so, Sometimes I think, it, 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 like to go back to the to-do list, it's just a matter of taking the time instead of doing something frivolous and saying, okay, what is important to me? What do I have to get done? And not just like a, oh, I have to get this done, but like, when am I going to say my prayers? You know, one of the things I tried to do during Lent and actually going back to Advent was being more diligent about saying some of the liturgy of the hours, right? And some of the, the daily prayers of the church. And you have to sometimes, you can't wait till the end of the day and go, oh, okay, well, I'm just going to pray night prayer now. You know, or, like if you're going to do it, you have to plan out, okay, well, I'm going to take a break for 10 minutes and do this, you know, or trying to get to mass on a daily basis. You know, uh, this week I, I went to mass, made it a point to go to mass on Monday. It was the Feast of St. Mark. I thought, okay, you know, I'm going to get to mass. Well, I went to like 1215 mass. Well, 1215 is the middle of the day. You know, it's lunchtime. It's a lot of things going on. You have to like kind of plan, okay, I'm going to be there for mass at 1215. That's not something that just happens by accident. You know, one I, I'm thinking about everything you've been saying, Gabe, and reverse engineering it, it, it has been a game changer for me when I look at things. I mean, when we put our show clocks together for the Monday and Wednesday Roadmap to Heaven, 
and we have different segments and we say we want to allow this much time for each segment and it's not about the show starts at seven it's about the show ends exactly at 757 and four seconds and so how do we get everything we want to get in and how do we fit those pieces together translate that to the day I kind of get lost and overwhelmed when I'm trying to reverse engineer the entire day. So I break it into chunks. What do I need to have accomplished this morning? And we are in the habit here at Covenant Network of praying our rosary in the morning, usually between, I would say anywhere between 9 and 1030. Um, it'll happen that we'll, we'll say, all right, rosary time. And so what do I need to have on my list this morning so that when it becomes rosary time, I'm not so overwhelmed that I say, oh, I can't pray the rosary today. I have to have this accomplished. But then with that are deciding what are the hard stops that at this time, Mm -hmm. finished or not, this gets set aside and that helps me prioritize what do I need to work on first. And that's hard because I'm the kind of guy when I start a project, I want to finish it before I move on to something else. And yeah, I didn't really answer Dan's question about like the beating yourself up, you know. Uh, but I, I think it does come down to like when you, when you're in that in that rut and you're like, oh my gosh, I'm not doing this. I gotta I gotta get better at this. Prayer, like it's gonna be prayer, asking the Holy Spirit to help you know in whatever rut you're in, give you the inspiration to to accomplish whatever you might need, um, and kind of what you were saying, Adam, like chunks, take it in chunks. You know what? It may not be able to get back and snap back to it and be that perfectly productive person who's managing your time well, but do it for the morning. Yeah. I, I just want to say one quick thing that was given to me by a spiritual director was literally set an alarm for every hour, top of the hour, do a real quick prayer, um, asking God to give me the grace to focus on this hour. Cause I really struggle with like, Oh, daydreaming or like spending time doing too much time on, you know, TV or whatever, and and maybe I needed it for that hour, but it might bleed into another hour or two. But that that alarm to like sequester that time and, and use it with God's grace is what what I needed. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I have to laugh because every time I go out to events and I meet some of our listeners, and they're like, "Oh yeah, yeah, I listen to your show. You're the guy that talks about your kids' backpacks being all lined up <laughs> together." I've got a reputation for this. Like Adam Adam writes reputation. Uh, well, well, maybe maybe that could be my invocation if I ever get a litany is liner <laughs> liner, liner upper of the backpacks. <laughs> you know? um, but seriously, like when we look at Sunday mass and going to eight o'clock mass, that can be a challenge sometimes with five children. So it's what has to happen for us to get out the door. We have to have shoes we have to have socks we have to have clothes we have to have uh, rain jackets if if rain is predicted and it's about how much time do i need to get those things ready and when you break it down into chunks and you give yourself hard stops that is a big thing um my my coworker tony here he has his list and it, it if it goes on his list for the day it will get accomplished before he goes to bed but with that he also practices um being very judicious about what goes on the list and not everything goes on the list if, if it can't be accomplished it doesn't go on the list and that forces you to prioritize as well so our cataquiz question today is about something angela said you know where do we start with apologetics we start with the creed so our cataquiz question today there are two creeds that we can pray as part of holy mass the apostles creed or the nicene creed And the Nicene Creed comes to us from the Council of 
Nicaea. That is not your cataquist question. Yeah, which I win. <laughs> which <laughs> console developed the Nicaean Creed? Uh, but you know, all of these consoles usually happen in response to something, and the Council of Nicaea happened in response to a particular heresy. What was that heresy? Silence in the studio, which is never good on radio. Do you want to Are take? Are we a supposed guess? to answer? Yeah, you can take a guess, Gabe Jones. Um, I believe, wasn't it the Aryan heresy? It was the Aryan wow. heresy. You get that correct. And um, Arianism, which there's a lot to read about Arianism, but Arianism is uh, a heresy that basically denies the divinity of Jesus. It denies that the Son is of one essence, nature, or substance with God. It, it denies that he is consubstantial, homoousius, That's where we with the Father. The um, and that's why in the Nicene Creed we pray consubstantial with the Father. That's very important. Um, Arianism would say that because of this, Jesus is therefore not like the Father or equal in dignity or co-eternal with the real sphere of deity, with God. But um, why? Why Why did Arian say that? I don't know, but kind of boiled down. The, the simple answer is Arianism says that the Father created the Son. And so that would imply there was a time where the son did not exist. And that is false. Mm. You know, one in being outside of time. And if you want more on that, call the studio and get the book, Theology for Beginners. <laughs> Actually, <laughs> Frank, Frank Sheed does a great job of laying that out in that book. Yeah, I have, I have highlighting and post-it notes in my book um, because I was trying to explain this to someone and um, Tony actually said I can take you right to the page and he grabbed the book flipped to the page and said right here um, so if you want to know that you got to ask him I don't I don't know the answer to that one but I can get you that's the there important thing go. I don't know the answer but I can get you the answer to that all right let's move on here the feast of St. Joseph the worker is coming up on Sunday and as we mentioned Covenant Network's 25th anniversary of broadcasting um, you know one of the things we love about the feast of St. Joseph the worker is it reminds us that there is great dignity in our work you know, our dignity doesn't come from someone saying, you have dignity. It, it, it comes from the things we do. God gives us these opportunities to have dignity. And so our, our labor, while it might seem uh, unpleasant and not fun, actually there, there's great joy in that and there's great dignity in that. And one of the great things about it is it helps us build discipline, talking about reverse engineering that clock. So uh, I'm going to start with you, Dan, mm-hmm. and this is going to be our lightning round here. How does something as simple as doing the dishes or sweeping the floors or making the bed help you to grow in holiness? Well, we are what we repeatedly do. So excellence is not an act. It's a habit. So you create habits by creating those disciplines. All right. Angela, how do you grow in holiness through just the daily works that you do? I think any sort of like little sufferings that come, even if it's like, oh man, I just really hate the dishes and Greg said he was going to do them, but I should do them and, and allowing that to form me and uh, accept the suffering, the e- e- tiny, tiny suffering that comes with it um, and offer it up. All right. Gabe Jones? Uh, something I've been trying to intentionally or be more intentional about, I guess, <clears throat> is being present. So mm. in my office, when somebody comes and wants to talk to me, being present with them, not doodling around on my computer while they're there with my kids. I'm bad at this, but being present with them when they need me, right? Uh, those kinds of things are very important. 
Yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree more. The temptation to not be present, uh, particularly in this new virtual meeting world where I can have multiple screens going and I can have my email over here and I can have my virtual meeting going over here, I find myself not being present. And so being present for others is definitely a way to build you know, genuine spiritual discipline. And, and the dignity, giving yeah. them dignity. Yeah. When they're in front of you. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like that. I have I have a practical thing that I, I picked up recently because someone asked me to do it. Um, attaching prayers to various tasks. In fact, Patty Schneier was talking about this the other day that she had, uh, she suggested having prayer cards above your kitchen sink when you're doing the dishes. You can pray these prayers. Or when you're in the bathroom brushing your teeth, you can, you can reflect on something and you can have holy cards there. Um, recently, a friend gave me some of her late father's golf clubs and said, you're a golfer. Can you put these to use? And said, but every time you use them, pray for my father. So yesterday I got up super early and before coming to work went and played nine holes and it was great. And every time I was in a couple of sand traps and every time I used that sand wedge, uh, grant him eternal rest, O Lord, and let perpetual light shine yeah, upon like him. It. And every putt, because I have his putter, every putt. So he got a lot of prayers yesterday because yeah. oh, I'm not a good, great. my short game's not very good. But, you know, if we But it was yesterday, I'm sure. I, I think I'm going to donate my golf clubs to Adam. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you have to pray for me every time you use them. But no, if we attach small, simple prayers to those things, uh, it, it gives us more opportunities throughout the day to pray. We're going to take a break here. You're listening to Roadmap to Heaven. Stay tuned. It is time for a daily dose of encouragement on this Friday. Patty Schneier is with us. And Patty, I have to say that I love this theme of the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, and especially as we are now on a Friday, because each and every Friday we recall how our Lord suffered and died for us on the cross. And while it's a sad thing, it's also a beautiful thing and a very joyful thing for us. So I'm looking forward to how you're going to wrap up our week together. Well, especially on Fridays, that's why I started praying the Chaplet of Divine Mercy was I don't want a day to go by without remembering the suffering and death that our Lord, what he endured for us, for for my salvation, for my sins, for your sins. And so praying the Chaplet of Divine Mercy, especially at 3 o'clock on a Friday, would be a beautiful practice to begin. But today I want to conclude our week with the concluding prayer of the Divine Mercy Chaplet. And I want to encourage people to memorize this prayer. As you can tell, I like to help people memorize things, but when we memorize things, it becomes a part of us. We then own it. It becomes on our heart and on our lips and in our mind and in our hearts. And if we don't memorize it, we we have to look in our purse for the pamphlet or the flyer. And so memorize this prayer. It is so beautiful. Eternal God, in whom mercy is endless and the treasury of compassion inexhaustible. Look kindly upon us and increase your mercy in us, that in difficult moments we might not despair nor become despondent, but with great confidence submit ourselves to your holy will, which is love and mercy itself. Amen. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. Jesus, I trust in you. And at those last three, Jesus, I trust in you, I'm just going to throw out what I do. I give our Lord three intentions for the day. Three intentions that are on my heart for this day. Because again, when I want to despair or I'm going to have a difficult moment, what I need to do is with great confidence submit that to God's holy will, which is love and mercy itself. So Jesus, I trust in you for this. Jesus, I trust in you for that. Jesus, I trust in you for everything. Give him what's on your heart today. Memorize that prayer. Say it over and over and over in those difficult moments so that we do not despair. I love this prayer, and I want to encourage people 
to memorize it. Jesus, I trust in you. Easy words to say, difficult words to live. But Patty, this encouragement will certainly help us with that. Thank you so much for this wonderful week of Daily Doses of Encouragement. And a reminder for you, if you like these, you can go to your favorite podcast app and look for the Daily Dose of Encouragement by Covenant Network with Patty Schneier and replay them, share them with your friends. Don't forget to like and subscribe so you never miss the Daily Dose of Encouragement whether it's on the radio or on the podcast. All right. We were talking during the uh, the song there and the weather, and Dan Dan informed me that he goes to a mega church. That's right. You know, the, the Roman Catholic church. That's right. I go to a mega big. church. It's based in Rome. <laughs> it's based I in Rome. I love it. Uh, and the other thing we talked about, you know, we were talking about attaching specific prayers to specific things, and, and we ended up talking about uh, cemeteries and All Souls Day. And Gabe, you mentioned, um, you know, priests that, what was it they do again on All Souls so Day? I've heard stories of priests uh, walking through the cemetery on All Souls Day and praying for the names on the headstones. Yeah. Because, you know, again, when somebody passes away, I mean, the last, like you said, the last person who knows that person passes away, who's left to pray for that person? Yeah. And that's our job, right? To take that's that on. Work of mercy right there, yep. pray, praying mm-hmm. for the dead. And that might be a simple thing. I know my f- wife's family, they make it a very good habit of going to the cemetery for birthdays of deceased members of the family. And they go up and, and make a visit to the cemetery. And they're kind of scattered around, so they have to walk from place to place. And what a good thing that could be, you know, if, if, if I'm going to, for instance, um, my grandmother and grandfather on my mom's side are buried in the National Cemetery. I know right where their headstone is. If I go to visit their grave, I have to walk by about 20 rows from where I park to where I go. Why not pray for the names? And then why not take a little bit of a different route back? I mean, it's just one practical thing you can do, but it's very efficacious to, to pray for the dead, you know, right there. So I think the moral of the story today is no, you have to take the time every day to pray, to look at where God is working in your life. You have to take the time every day to learn about your faith and maybe just start. The, the beautiful thing about the catechism and some of the, the companion books like Theology for Beginners or Dr. Peter Kreef's Catholic Christianity is you can take it one little paragraph at a time and eventually you'll get through the whole thing. You'll get there. Um, but start somewhere and then have good discipline so that you can actually do these things every day. And if that means attaching them to actions, like every time I'm going to get up to go, you know, if you work in an office, every time I'm going to get up to go use the restroom, I'm going to say a very quick prayer for whatever intention. Um, every time I go to get a drink of water from the, the break room, I'm going to say a prayer for this intention. Um, every time I get home, I'm going to take five minutes to read something, you know. Have a plan. Have a plan. We don't, we don't go into battle without a plan. We, we shouldn't go into our daily life because guess what? Life is a battle between good and evil. The devil doesn't want us to go to heaven. God wants us to go to heaven. He offers us freely every tool we need through grace, through the sacraments. But we have to say yes. And we, you know, that's the most remarkable thing to me in this is that God knows exactly my faults and my failings and where I'm going to mess things up, and yet he still invites me to be a worker in his plan for redemption. And it's, you know, it's on, it's on you and I, friends. So fastest 60 minutes in all of Christendom is what Gabe Jones would say about the Roadmap Roundup, and that is certainly true today because, sadly, we are at the end of our hour. So 
Let's pray in thanksgiving for this show, but also for 25 years of Covenant Network. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. All glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Our Lady Queen of Heaven, pray pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, amen. One last time, I want to ask everyone to pray, especially tomorrow and Sunday, for Gabe Jones and the men making the pilgrimage, uh, the Joseph Challenge, walking almost 25 miles over the course of two days and praying at all of the St. Joseph places they can stop along the route. Pray for them this weekend. For Covenant Network, I'm Adam Wright. I'm Gabe Jones. I'm Angela Miller. I'm Dan Vonderhaar. Pray your rosary today.